Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No Podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What's going on, fam? You are listening to The Know, and I am your hostess, Nikki Spo. So today's guest, I have been wanting to have her on the show since I started this pod two years ago, and A, never really knew how to ask her, and B, she's a really busy lady. So finally, we finally got organized, and here we are, the school of Ellie Leonard. You may recognize her name from um, her viral TikTok and IG. And if you're local to Miami, you might remember seeing her at the Heat Games supporting her husband, Myers. So before we get into all of the good stuff, don't forget to subscribe to The Know on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're feeling called to leave me a five-star rating and review, it would mean the world to me. Okay, so Ellie Leonard is an entrepreneur, a rising social media star, a health activist, and the founder and CEO of Level Active, where she turned a passion for elevating individual voices and storytelling, hello, amazing, into an activewear company that pivots traditional practices of brand building and engagement. Ellie is a force, she is a backbone, she is a mama, she is doing a lot and doing it with grace. But here's the thing, like most people, the road has not been perfect, which is what social media tends to have us believe. And that's why these conversations are so important. They remind us that we are not alone, that people are people, and there are all kinds of equalizers between us. So I'm excited to get started today and not just hear Ellie's story, but also be inspired by her journey, positivity, and really open-minded outlook on life. So let's get started with Ellie Leonard. Ellie, thank you so much for like for just making the time to be on this show. It's called The Know, as you know, where it's not about knowing everything, but it's really about coming to know ourselves, which you're clearly doing and will likely and hopefully, you know, like continue to do with your life. And I just feel like it's never ending work. And thank you for showing up today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So I gave our listeners like a brief overview about like how I came to know you through the Heat family. But obviously, like there's so much more to you than your life with Myers and basketball, as we all know, (laughs) being like on this sort of like supporting staff type of role. Um, There's more to it than that. Um, So let's just warm up and give our listeners a little bit of background, like where you're from. Obviously, like you've lived in a bunch of different cities. So we can start there. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of four kids, born and raised in Illinois. Uh, met Myers in college. He left after his sophomore year. I finished school. I have a degree in advertising. And then so I've lived in a places, Portland, Miami, LA, and now I'm in Milwaukee. So um, I lived in Port- Portland for a little bit. And um, pe- not a lot of people know that, but like right after college, I, I lived in Portland. And it's funny because Eric is actually, he's from Portland. I love the city. I love the coast. I love the Oregon coast. It's one of the most gorgeous places I think anybody can visit. And it's kind of like off the beaten path because people don't necessarily think to go like to the coast in Oregon. Like you think about going up the PCH in LA, but like the, the Oregon coast doesn't get as much credit, I think, as, as it should because it's really, really one of the most beautiful places ever. It truly is. I mean, anything from downtown Portland, you're, what, 30, 45 minutes away from vineyards. You're 30, 45 minutes away from skiing on a mountain. And then, like you mentioned, the coast. So any weekend, like, you can have these completely different experiences that people don't associate with Portland at all. Totally. 
Totally. Multnomah Falls, like shout out, shout out to the people in Portland who like have all this like gorgeous, gorgeous, like just scenery. And it's just, it's beautiful. And y'all are so nice. Y'all Portland people, you guys are so nice. We love you. <laughs> okay. So you moved to Miami. Um, had you visited Miami before that? No. Like on the road, like while my was on the road or anything? No, never. I knew nothing. I knew zero people. <laughs> like I didn't, because we've been in the West coast, like conference, the Western conference. So right. I didn't even know who was on the team. I think, I mean, I only associated with like Dwayne Wade. I'm like, well, he's right. on. So there, there went everything I knew about the Miami Heat. Um, but it was, you always worry about a change because it's any change you have in life, right? You're, you get nervous because you, there's a degree of uncertainty. You don't know what this new chapter is going to look like. And it was, it ended up being like such a beautiful change for us. And I realized I'm an absolute sun baby, like going from Portland to like constant sunshine. Like I, that was my love language. Yeah. It was wonderful, wonderful experience. That's awesome. So, you know, even before I met you, I had actually seen you on social with your like trick shots. And so did you play hoops growing up? So in high school, I could have gone and played in college, but it was one of those things where I fully recognized that college would be the extent of my career. So it, I decided on, you know, pursuing a professional career and not an athletic one. But do these trick shots, like, did you intentionally practice these trick shots? <laughs> I never thought anything of it, Nikki. Like, I've always been able to shoot. That was Myers and my first date. Like, it was, people will say going for a run is therapeutic for them, right? Like, it's just them and the, and like the road, right? That's how basketball is for me. It's, it's, if you think about it, unlike baseball or football, like you need someone else to catch for, in basketball, all you need is a hoop and yourself. And that time I can spend alone on the court and just shooting, it was therapeutic. So I never, ever thought anything about sharing. And I did notice that, um, like the first time I posted a video of just normal shots, Nikki, people were like, what? You can like, like, First of all, bar is set very low. I'm like, okay, this is lovely. <laughs> I love this. So I started out just posting a few trick shots. And then I got honestly so bored of just shooting with my right hand. I was like, okay. Oh, also from like a vanity reason. I know this sounds bad, but I was like, I'm going to have one jacked arm and one wimpy arm. So then I started like shooting with my right and my left and then became both. Like it was such a like, uh, it wasn't intentional, but it's funny looking back on it now, how people were amazed just by a normal shot. I'm like, oh, let's see where this can go. Like challenge on. It was great. I love it. I honestly, I think that's the hardest thing about moving places. I wish I was just like a runner. I just walk outside and I can, you know, have my space. Now I'm, when I was in Miami, oh, I went to every outdoor hoop, Nikki. Like I knew where the good rims were. I knew when guys played pickup and I like tried to avoid them. I mean, just because I'm not going to go play pickup with guys on like a random court. It, yeah. No, got it. My <laughs> like, by all means, knock me yeah. out. But, but yeah. Yeah. It was just, I mean, not that they're not safe, but like, just like, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like going by myself, Myers didn't necessarily love it, but there was no options. I needed a hoop. I had to. Okay. But damn well, I can totally relate to like one arm being jacked and one not. So like I grew up as a dancer and, and or le so my legs, but my left calf is like my working leg and my right, my right leg is like my flexible leg. And so 
I did a lot of tricks with my right leg up or turning or whatever. And my, listen, my left calf is like a serious calf. Like I have a serious <laughs> left calf. Like, and I, like, there's nothing I could do at this point to change it because this is like how my body evolved, like since I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. But I, I get it. Like, because like I get dressed up and I go out and I wear short dresses or whatever. And, and I'm like, okay, that's my, that's my big calf, everybody. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> like you're, cute petite legs and be like wow that left calf Woof. Yeah, never that once calf. that's so funny so one of my favorite questions questions to ask my guests is who are you right and sometimes it takes people back it like it takes people back because i think it i think it makes us observe how we define ourselves and that's the whole reason i put it on on my questionnaire right i'm like let me see how people and it's not not a judgment or anything it's just like to observe um how we define ourselves so let's talk about how our identities evolve over time and how your sense of identity has evolved over time because you you talk about like how you you were an athlete and then you were in college and then there's nba life and there's wife life and there's entrepreneur life and there's mom life and then there's you know all of the, all of these versions of ourselves and i think especially as women and i think like we received this message you know like at least i did when i was young and i just think historically like this is what you're supposed to be and this is what you stick to and that I, that I think is really shifting um, in today's world is like that we can be a lot of different things and we can change over time. And then that's totally acceptable. And it's amazing too. Like not just acceptable, but it can be amazing. I think who you are is ever changing. So who I was back in the day versus now, like once you enter motherhood, who you are shifts, I think very dramatically. Um, I'll say before I met my, I was a fiercely independent individual. Like I was those one of those people when I heard like you can't, it's like, I nah, just get creative. Like I like I, I don't know there was something about me that definitely meeting your person at 19 years old, that is tough because I do believe in your 20s you figure out a lot of who you are. And when you're in a relationship, the who you are piece, especially when they have this very successful career, feels how do I say this? It almost is like no matter what you're going to do, you feel like you're not going to be enough. And so you have to really, really understand what makes you whole. Um, so who I was has shifted from this fiercely independent person to then being like like a supporting role, like a supporting character role in, in his life, but also yeah, yeah. simultaneously being like, I want to support him because I love him, but I need to know who I am and have something for myself in order to yeah. also feel my own worth. Um, and there is a huge belief that um, being married to someone in a professional, you know, sports position is like a get out of jail free card. I can remember like when I first moved out to Portland, people were like, oh my gosh, how's the life? Like you've made it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like at that time, I, it, I'm like, retiring at 20 something years old and having not worked for it makes you feel absolutely worthless. And especially when you, you know, most honestly, I can't think of one female that I've met that is a significant other that doesn't have their own personal ambitions or dreams or had, you know, their own careers at some point that have had to make compromises. So the who I am really shifted into what fulfills me. Um, and I got really intentional on what 
fills my cup and what are my core values. Um, so every day I remember before I had like my own business and was, you know, big on social media, I was very intentional about what fills up my cup. And so I was a spin instructor and I noticed that having a voice in a room that is completely separate from anything my husband does was the most gratifying thing. I also am super creative and that's where now social media has stepped in because that's an outlet for my creativity. And I also needed to be productive um, because if every day was monotonous and the same, I felt like I was going nowhere. I need to be building and working towards something. Now that's obviously shifted with a child because now those values, you know, I'm now really trying to balance who I am again, fulfillment of my own, but also the whole guilt thing of, hey, if I'm away from my baby, am I a bad mom? And then when I'm with him, I want to be 100% present. But if I don't take care of that other side, that balance. So the ham has shifted significantly in the last 10 months um, that the baby has been here. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, Ellie, because you said so many things that are legit. And I want to I want to also make a point and like I, this isn't only like athlete wives that experience this. Right. I think it's it's a spouse or partner, whether you're male or female, of a high achieving, higher performing individual, right? Especially if that individual has some type of like notoriety, uh, celebrity um, is well known in the community in any capacity, right? So that could be like a um, like a political wife, right? Or a political spouse. This is relatable to a lot of different types of spouses, right? And other other professions. I think that there's just like a highlighter on the athletic world, but being that both of us have been in this position, I can completely relate to you and being like, okay, well, who am I now outside of this person? You know, um, I remember feeling at times like people only saw me because of him or at the same time, I was also invisible. And so how do I establish myself outside of a partner and in, in general? And I don't think that this is Again, I can't I can't stress this enough. I don't think this is only for like athletic ath, pro professional athletes or coaches or whatever. I think it happens in a lot of different marriages and relationships, you know, and just the scale it might be different or the the awareness might be different or the spotlight might be different or the microscope might be different. Well, to be honest with you, it's a it's like motherhood. Like you don't know who you are yeah. in someone's mom but it's in a different regard, right? Like it was someone's spouse and then became someone's mom. And it's holding on to who you are in the mix of all of it. And I know that when we, Myers and I were in college, this, is, this comes back to us being together way too long in the best way possible, but we took classes together and we decided to take an interpersonal relationship class, Nikki. Oh my, oh my God. Idea for us, right? Especially because Myers has like a photographic memory. So I'm one of those people I had to work for it. I had to do the study guides. I had to read the text. And I could just be like, hey, here's the study guide. And he would read it over and he's like, I got it. And he had good grit. Like, I'm not kidding you. God bless that boy. But he is so gifted in that regard and drove me nuts. But um, well, it's probably what makes him such a great basketball player too. Like you have to have a high IQ. Like, like people don't give athletes enough credit, I think, for that. Like you have to be smart. Like you actually have to be smart in order to be like a, like a really well-rounded athlete. Yeah. So go Meyer, you having your... your yeah. I know. I'm happy for him. Beyond happy for him. I'm so glad he has that. Um, You're like, yeah, okay. Love that for you. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you had to work for it harder. 
there was an analogy of a three-legged stool and um you know that thing you sit on um and each leg one leg was you one leg is your relationship and one leg is everything else whether that be kids your family your friends etc and a lot of times we give so much like i'm thinking about me personally i gave so much to my husband and supporting his career and now you know becoming a new mom i was giving so much to the baby that my stool was tipping it was it was a stool doesn't balance with two legs so you have to be intentional about making sure you fill up all three cups and it's a balance and it is not selfish to make sure that that the leg you are standing on is also taken care of i realized i need to have help with the child and i need to be yeah. okay with stepping away because i was yeah. dealing a lot of guilt um trying to do mm-hmm. my own thing. and it's and i know people are like he's so young he won't remember it was like it's not even about him not being which he can remember it's about me allowing myself to have the time and be like you are worth taking you know care of yourself um and it doesn't mean you don't love him and you're not a good mom you know you have to like go through all those disclaimers in your head but it was help especially with him playing i i've this whole thing of like it's um, I'm fiercely independent. Like I can do everything on my own. It was a great reminder of you can't do everything and it is, and asking for help does not make you weak. Absolutely. So I have a saying actually that I don't, somebody, somebody else said it. I don't know who, but I definitely stole it because I didn't come up with it myself, but it says you can have anything, but you can't have everything. We need to be, show ourselves more grace and be like, yeah, maybe this is a season of my life where I am not going to be doing as much of X so that I can do Y, you know, and then I'm going to come around in a couple of years and I'm going to do Z. And that's when you look at the big picture of your life, like you may not have had everything all at once, but maybe you did have everything. And it's just like really shifting our perspective about doing it all and wearing all the hats and doing all of the things. Um, and I'm I'm really happy to see more people, but specifically women, like be gentler with themselves. I know for me, it's been really challenging to have three kids. And like, I swear that I'm like, Ruby doesn't come out of the house. I'm like, I actually said to myself at one point, I'm like, I'm going to start taking her out of the house when she's six months old. Because right now, like I just enrolled her. And for any moms listening, like I specifically had to like take time and enroll her in mommy and me classes because those are my two, I have two classes that I attend with her a week. And like, those are undivided attention time for the baby, only the baby. Like, because if it's, if I don't do it, I have two other children like hanging on to me and it's hard. It's so hard to do that. And then you couple in like the stool analogy where you're like, okay, how do how and when am I taking care of me? Yeah. Yeah, I like your quote, Lisa, you stole. And it reminded me of something that I've also heard and I don't know where it came from, but it says you can enter happiness or success, whatever you want to, but happiness isn't about having it all. It's about having enough. And I think that's so true. Like it isn't about having it all. It is about making sure that you feel fulfilled and that's not dealing with everything. (laughs) It's about dealing with enough that makes you feel complete in your own way. I, I need that. You know, like, and it's hard with social media. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. It's like social media is like a rat race sometimes, you know, and I think it's done um, a disservice to a lot of people. I also think it's been helpful for some people. And we, we can talk about that because it's been difficult for me anyway, 
to like see other people who have all these things usually usually it's things that i want um or a perceived idea of a perfect life you know and it's really easy to fall into this mode of comparison and we even like when we talk about like seeing all these women who bounce back really quickly from pregnancy and all this stuff it's really easy to fall into the comparison game but on the other hand, you have people like you and hopefully like I, I hope people feel this when they come to my platform, you know, and like this is something that I feel passionately about with this small platform that I do have is like having really honest conversations and thank goodness, you know, we have a space where people like me and you can do that and have open and honest conversations and bring light, like not just talk about like the highlight reel of your life, but also have like the nitty gritty conversations where everything's not perfect. So how... How has your platform evolved? Because you share a lot about your life on social. You know, obviously you have a huge following on TikTok and Instagram and you involve like snippets of your life with your husband and your child and your lives together and the life that you've built and created. So how how have you navigated all of that? Yeah, um, what I'll say I've noticed is it wasn't always like that. And I think it's a good reminder of things don't happen right away. Like it takes a while. When I first got on, well, I also believe like when I was growing up, like, you know, social media wasn't a career. When I started to jump on social media, I really leaned into sharing like, mm, it was the shiniest moments. And what I noticed was as I got more and more comfortable with who I was, to be honest with you, and sharing my life and me and my voice, um, that's when things grew. Because just like in real life, you're going to get along with people or you're going to gravitate towards cer certain people versus others, right? The people who follow me, especially on TikTok, like I call them my family because they've gotten to see me and they're there for that when you put yourself out on social media it takes a hell of a lot of courage because courage requires both like um uncertainty and vulnerability and that's what i'm a big believer in brene brown who studies like shame fear vulnerability and she always says that in order to be courageous and brave it needs to have uncertainty and vulnerability and we have to choose courage over comfort so you're saying like how have we managed that i think one is being willing to share that personally. Two is looking at your relationship and making sure your significant other is comfortable with that as well. And then now as a mom, Myers and I have had real conversations about how much of our kid are we going to show? How much are we not? And I remember asking him the first time, he's like, wait, wait, wait I can't share a picture of him. I'm like, if you want to share a picture with him, of him, babe, you go for it. Like, and that's just like, he, he loves to show the things he loves in his life on social media. I'm very lucky to have a partner that's also like finds joy in it as well. And that's not the same in every relationship. Oh, totally. Totally. You know, obviously like the secret is the key to life. Keeping the secret is the key to life. And I'm telling you that that's from my childhood of the, like some the terrible, like traumatic secrets that I was keeping. You know what I mean? And I kind of came to realize that that keeping secrets for me was like drinking poison and it was bringing me down. And I will say that when I started telling the truth about my life, whether or not people believed me, whether or not people agreed with me, whether or not it was understood, it freed me to be more of myself. Like I could be more and more of myself the more I spoke truly and openly about life and whether that was in 
my social circle. I have really deep, meaningful relationships, Ali. Like I don't have one friend that is like a superficial friendship. Like I have a lot of deep, meaningful friendships. And people always say like, oh, if you're, you're so lucky if you can count the amount of friends you have on one hand. Like I am beyond blessed to have like as many beautiful, like real, true girlfriends as I do. Uh, because all of those relationships are meaningful, but that's also because like we're having real life conversations and it's not just like just superficial banter, you know, and there's, there's nothing, ag- I have nothing against that, but I'm just saying like when we speak the truth and we can have these honest conversations, we're freeing ourselves and we're also giving other people permission to like be their authentic self. Yeah. You open the door, you open the door. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because I think that like the old fashioned mindset will, will like, I've been accused before of like, being attention seeking, right? Of be- of because of what I share, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that people who work in this realm and you can probably say it better than anybody, it's like when you are open and vulnerable, it's not necessarily attention seeking, but it is about connecting with other be- people and building a community. Yeah, yeah. And you have to know that you sharing, if it helps one other person, like it was worth putting out there. It really was. Because I think so often we feel alone in our battles and we're not the only ones. This conversation is so good. But before we keep going, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. I want to say something about what you said about courage. And this is something that I like, I actually tell my kids all the time. Like, I'm like, you have so much courage. And just remember that courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear. So let's talk about how much courage it takes to start a business, right? Because like I I experienced that by starting this podcast. I was like, nobody's going to listen. I've talked very openly about it. Like nobody's going to listen. People are going to think I'm stupid. Like what if, what if I say stupid stuff and people make fun of me? What if, whatever. Like all the fears that I had about like being vulnerable, right? It comes back to like what you were saying that Brene Brown said, like vulnerability and uncertainty. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is my courageous moment, but it wasn't without fear. And so you've taken your online platform and your, I don't, I don't know how you came to this place, which you can tell us about, but like you started level Mm -hmm. active. What I'll say is there was nothing more intimidating than, you know, you can push other like products, my favorite products, my favorite things, right? But the second say, hey, I want to do this. There is nothing more scary or scarier than saying, hey, I want to go for this. And this is something I'm truly passionate about. I don't know why, because I think it's so much of us that's built into it. So I actually level um, started as a food thing, Um, started as a protein bar. And it was actually for my husband. (laughs) Haha, <laughs> of course it was. Um, yeah. It was. No, I'm like being stupid. <laughs> no, I like we love him. It was, it was like, <laughs> it, but, it's, but really, it was it was based off a diet that he needed when he was on the road traveling, and then you know I was making bars at ho- uh, protein bars at home. I jumped, and then long story short, I got into a kitchen, commercial kitchen, with a food scientist, developed these, was manufacturing them, doing it for years and years, and 
we were getting to a point where like people were like, why don't you have like merch? And so I did like some unisex merch because for so long I was like, listen, my husband's a professional athlete. If I, if it's just the athlete's wife making this, like it's not going to be as strong. Like I'm trying to throw my marketing hat, like my business on her hat. So I try to keep the voice very neutral. And like, even though it was, I mean, I, I love my husband to death, love him. Um, but he was not, he was, he was there for, for, for a good time. Um, not necessarily for the nitty gritty. He wasn't in the meetings. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. I do know what you're saying, but like, I want everybody else to know what we're saying, yeah. right? Like he was doing his job, yeah. right? Which is to play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's not that, and it's like, not that he wasn't there for the, like for the nitty gritty, he was doing his own job. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he might be there like saying like, okay, yes, Ellie, this is a great idea. I love it. Yeah. You do it. Let me know when you need a taste tester. Got you. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. So, but like he had his own stuff going on in his defense, right? Yes. And this was going to be both of yours in the way that you share in his success. Yeah. And you are supporting him and that his basketball career, which I want to make it a point to, to also mention this is like those spouses of high, high performing individuals male, female, whatever, it's you share in that success as well. And so you're here pursuing level and you're making these bars mostly for him. Great. But you're also trying to keep this like the, mm, the messaging, right? Neutral. Yep. Yeah. Very gender neutral. Like, because I didn't want to just put us into a niche of female or male performance. Like, you know, it was something that I obviously, I really enjoyed too. Um, and eventually I got to a point where I had, uh, in the background, I always am in leggings. Like that's just who I am. Always an active wear. I was a tomboy growing up. Like the fact that athleisure became a thing was like my happiest moment. Yes, I know. Yes. Like finally, been waiting years for this. Um, yeah. So I've been working with a manufacturer, and I noticed that the audience or like the community that I had built, I think, is because it really was my voice with the brand. It was going so so well and to the point of you know ordered a giant production and now it's forecasting more than we were doing with bars and then i think it was a few like a few months later um my manufacturer had to be very transparent with me and was like hey i am shutting down my line that you guys are on that wow it was i don't know if i ever would have been able to say like i need to this is tracking in a better route and it's solely female and been able to give that other part up unless he was like, I'm so sorry. And at that point, I'm like, okay, you know what? We are, we're, we're going to be an active work company and we're going to be female focused and it's going to be okay. Wait, my voice. So for clarity, your protein bars mm-hmm. company manufacturer mm-hmm. was the one who was like, w- can't do it anymore. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the pivot. That was the yep. pivot. You mm-hmm. were like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was an email. It was, I, you know, I don't know if you've had, I've had a few emails that have literally just changed the course of everything. And that was one of those things where like, you're looking through your inbox and you're like, that's the one. Yeah. So complete pivot. And it's gone. What I'll say, it was also very needed in terms of being in the food world versus an apparel world, you're not dealing with like when things expire and the FDA and nutritional labels. And right, right. It was a lot more simple and it allowed me actually to find more balance because I definitely, I would not have been able to do it and be a mother. Sometimes I like, I've started to avoid like 
everything happens for a reason because I'm going to get serious for a second, but like so many bad things happen. Not, there is no reason that, you know, like a baby in the NICU passes away. There's no reason for that. You know what I mean? And I'm like moving away from that. Not that it's a, not that it's a bad thing because I do think that like some things do happen for a reason, right? I think like five years from now, whatever I'm going through today will make, will make sense. And sometimes you're like, why is this happening? Like, why are these things like, why are these bad things happening? Why did this like have to come to an end? Why did this business have to fall apart? Why did this manufacturer have to drop out? And you don't necessarily know why. I love this for you, like that it brings you more balance and ease into your life. I think it's fantastic. And I, you know, I want to also talk about like the all the reasons that people don't start businesses. Why? Why are people not starting these businesses that they love and that they're passionate about? They underestimate the value of their joy and worth. Oh, oh. They, they think they think I can't do it because I don't have X, Y, and Z schooling, or I don't have X, Y, and Z, you know, connections, or they don't value how happy doing what they want to do would make them. I mean, what if it doesn't work, right? And you spend all this time and money, yeah, right? Yeah. That was all you had, yeah. Oh. So that what if it doesn't work? And what if you never try? You know, you've and what if you never try? Which is that great question and i also think too we're definitely the first to look around and be like well we can't do it because of this or that or you know because my husband is having this career and i need to support him or i have kids at the house and like truly you can either own your story or let it own you the concept of owning your story is actually what first grew grew my platform on TikTok, and it's been variations of owning my story that has taken it to where it is now. I found actually something that I love, which is storytelling. Um, and I, I guess I have a knack for, um, but it was really because if you don't like the story being told, you have to change the narrative. Part of the No podcast is truth speaking and storytelling. Yeah. And I think that there's a mix up between the two. Um, I think sometimes we think of storytelling as like fiction, right? Like telling like a fairy tale and we're telling the story of a fairy tale and um, my life is not a fairy tale, but it is a fairy tale. I'll tell you that. Like my life is imperfectly perfect, right? Like, like everybody knows the year that I had last year. It was like, it was a, a bonkers year. My mother passed away. My, I was pregnant and my, my four-year-old had cancer. Like it was crazy, right? And then I, I was getting ready. It was pr- I, the, the, the pregnancy itself was, was a lot, you know? Yeah. So like, I think about storytelling and I I think on one end you can paint a picture that looks perfect or I can own the fact, like going back to what you're saying, like own the fact that my life is not perfect and there's like a lot of beauty and perfection in that. Like it's perfectly imperfect and that, that, that can be a really, really beautiful thing. And when you come to terms with your own journey, with your own story and you take the power into your own hands and you're able to speak that truth and be that truth speaker and that's that storyteller, it's not a fictional story, but it is owning your narrative. Like you're saying, there's something really just so, so beautiful and empowering, like really empowering and freeing in that. And um, I think more and more people are starting to step into that, whether that's in a private way or in a very public way. Completely, completely. And it's you when you go back to like who you are, it's less of like 
I, I don't know. And you can be more than one thing. Like I can be a mom and have my bu- business. I can be a wife. And then I can also just be me, which I think is not as easy to define. But you see, yeah. when you, you see it and feel it when whether you're listening or talking with a person, you know who they are. Like, like I'm, I'm corny. I am. I love dad jokes. I am goofy. I'll be the first one to laugh at myself. I am sarcastic. You know what I'm saying? Like, when totally. Ask me who I am. I'm not like, oh yeah. So I love dad jokes. Like, I would never, <laughs> I would never start off like that. But you would pick up on those things of like who you are. And I also tell Myers, I'm like. Um, having a child makes me think I'm so much funnier because I can say anything and he'll start laughing. I'm like, that's not funny. Like, I hope I don't get into like adult world. And I think that if I start dancing around, that's cute and funny. Um, but yeah, kids definitely will do that to you. I'm the funniest person. Okay. I want to do some rapid fire questions with you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. What are you reading? Um, just finished. I'm glad my mother died by was it Jeanette McCurdy? Have you heard that? I haven't. Um, she's the a childhood actress and it's a, a fantastic book. But then I just started Hello Beautiful. I'm going to have to check those out. Okay. What are you listening to? Um, I've started to get into more podcasts lately, to be honest. So I'm yeah. school greatness um, on purpose. And of course, the no, of course. Yay. That means a lot to me. <laughs> um, I like, I, I'm nothing like this podcast, like the podcast I'm going to mention now, but I'm like, such a call her daddy fan really i'm like obsessed with alex cooper it's crazy like i love her how she started i love where she went with it i love that she's like grown into a different version of herself and she's owning it and she's like taking her fan base that was like you know it was a pretty raunchy show and i listened to i mean i listened to a ton of podcasts and that's why i even got into this business which is not a lucrative business until it it is yeah (laughs) Yeah, moving on into what your favorite snack is because um, popcorn. I love popcorn. Popcorn gives me a stomach ache, big. Really? No, we don't want to talk about it. But yes, it does. Popcorn is lovely. I love popcorn, but I can't eat so much of it. Oh, uh, do you like all the flavors of the popcorns? Like uh, you're like, give me the caramel popcorn, give me the cheddar popcorn, give I, me all the popcorn. Honestly, I like uh, kettle corn, but I have to go for. Mm-hmm. I can't eat a whole bag of kettle corn, so I go for the light versions. Um, but I'm very mm-hmm. particular. Um, between like boom chicka pop versus skinny pop i like i've tried them all and i have favorites so so there's this is a two question can't can't two part can't leave the house without your first one is personal and the second one is mom so your personal can't leave the house without item a water bottle how weird that is i've never been more thirsty than when i've left the house without a water bottle I amen to that that happened to me yesterday i, I took my my boys to a marlins game and i didn't have my water bottle and i like I, I swear everybody was parched. I was like, what's happening? Like, I, it's totally related. To it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Then, okay. So and as, a, uh, as a mom, I made the mistake of uh, not bringing enough diapers to the first game I brought my son to. And now diapers, I'm just going to say diapers from here on out until he's out of the diapers. Yeah. Diapers. You can't, you can't diapers. make shift a diaper. Well, <laughs> Not well, no, <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yeah, no, like so that since my both my boys are out of diapers, I'm like wipes. Like I didn't bring the wipes once, mm-hmm. and that was like that was just really really bad news. Oh. So yeah, it'll shift. Yeah, it'll shift. Okay, who are you most inspired by? Um, I would say probably my mom because growing up she was a stay at home mom and she never knew her superpowers, and she always 
underestimated herself, but she was always this like spitfire. And now she has her own career. Um, she started Good for her own life and she's thriving at it. And it's like, it's so cool to see something, you know, growing up, you've always known. And then now you get it like the world can see. Um, yeah. So definitely her. I love that. You know, um, I'm into asking people recently um, the to name a woman that they admire most in life and not necessarily in their life, but in life in general. And I've been asking men this question a lot because I want to know who, what woman they admire and like the reasons for admiration. And then it's like not even for, for me to judge, like it, who am I to judge why somebody admires somebody? But um, I think it's just important to start asking specifically men these questions about the the woman that they admire most, yeah. um, because I think it brings to light like how we view women and what val- what qualities in women we mm-hmm. we place value on. And I think it's really interesting that you, you know, that you and I didn't ask you to to be gender specific, but that you chose your mom and like the value the 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 qualities in her that you saw as a stay-at-home mom, how she turned them into a career for herself that makes her very happy. So that's really that's really awesome. And, and happy for Ellie's mom. Go, Ellie's mom. We love you. Good job. You're doing great. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Um, oh, gosh. Oh, what's her? Colleen Hoover books. I don't know if you've ventured down Yeah, I have. Oh, I have. I can sit in one day and read those books. It is bad but they're good. <laughs> they're good. They're really, really good. You're like, um, like serious readers. I don't know if they would be like, oh, she's a cop. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm calling it my guilty pleasure. No, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a murder mystery girl. Like I like a murder mystery, but I also like read all the deep shit too. Um, but I also like, there's this like vampire It's basically like the vampire equivalent of, of, um, I, the color, the the shades of gray, fifty shades of gray. It's like a version. It's like a vampire version of that. And like I wouldn't tell anybody because I was like, I was like, uh, people aren't going to take me seriously. But this shit is good and entertaining and it's sexy as hell. Yay! Moving on. <laughs> but I get it. We're serious readers, everybody. Everybody don't you know? Like we're serious readers. <laughs> don't hate us. Okay, what are you most excited about this month? Um, I am excited. Well, sadly, the buck season was ended. I know from uh, this other team Sorry. that it's okay. You know, they're now that the bucks are out. That's definitely the team. You know, our heart lies there. So, team we're rooting for now. Um, Thank you. Since the season ended, it's now time to actually be together as a family. So I know that sounds yay, but there is something about the off season as a family where just having him around, it's like. It's good when you like really like your person, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoy my husband and being around him. So that is what I'm looking forward to this month. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you guys in in that way. <laughs> you know, in that way. <laughs> Please, do yes. in that way. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite food? Uh, sushi. I love it. Sushi. Okay, and out of all your um, activewear um, apparel specific items that you have like what's your favorite color to wear uh i black. i go for black just because i feel like that's everyone's staple go to black but if i had to pick another color um i'm really into the greens lately and um they're just i'm 
they're just starting to launch. Green is my favorite color, so I love that. Ellie, this has been a dream come true. Thank you so much for your time. I've had such a great time just chatting with you about like the real life stuff and, and kind of like the behind the scenes stuff that nobody really, I think people don't realize that goes into being you. Nikki, thank you for creating the space. It's my pleasure and it's an honor. So I'm happy to have you on and, I, and I'm excited to chat with you again. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The No. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The No. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The No with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Oh,